Thanks for listening to another episode of The Giving Leader. I am Phil Ling. I am the host. I'm also the founder of The Giving Church. You can find out more information about what we do at thegivingchurch.com. On our podcast over the last couple of years, I've been blessed to have thousands of you all listening. And we just talk leadership stuff, generosity stuff, anything that falls in that world, and try to reach out to folks that I know around the country that I run into with our travels. And one of my favorites is right now, Dave Miller. Dave, I've known for 112 years. Uh, Dave hails from Central Kentucky. He has been well-traveled. He's living in the greater Seattle-Tacoma area right now. He has been on staff of churches like Central Christian in Las Vegas. Uh, he has had a lot of experience, but what I want to talk about is what he's doing right now. So last several years, he's kind of wore two hats a lot. And if I say this wrong, Dave, you correct me. Um, the one is he works with the Slingshot Group. A lot of you have run into that. Placement, helping people find spots, help, helping groups find people. And he is excellent at that and travels a lot and sees a lot of folks. But he and his wife also founded Leadership Pathway a few years ago. And Leadership Pathway helps find those young folks, which at my age are getting younger and younger. Uh, but you're like in college, maybe just out of college, you're thinking about ministry or how do you get in? How do you survive? How do you grow in those first few years to come up with a better pathway. You know, it's, I love the name. My son is a musician, and I thought that's a very hard world because there's not a real pathway. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, I'll go to medical school, and if you get good grades, you get in medical school, and then you graduate, and you're a doctor. No, no, music, it's all over the place. Like, I'm going to be an artist. Mm -hmm. So ministry can be daunting a little bit that way, too. So leadership pathway, I want to make sure that we, we plug both of those. Dave Miller's my guest. He is in his palatial place in near Tacoma, Washington, where if you know my ancient history, I used to live up north of Seattle. It's the Homish County. He's all the way the other direction. Seattle grows in a straight line, not a circle. And it goes all the way from Canada down to uh, Oregon. And he's on the south side. So if you ever flew in and you were at SeaTac Airport, you're a lot closer to Dave. Dave, how are you? Well, this is why we listen to the Phil Ling podcast, because you learned all kinds of things, geography being one of them. Awesome. Thank you. I didn't say I live here and I didn't even, I, that, yeah, that makes sense. There's water everywhere. There's water. The mountains on one side, water on the other. So that's why, which I always thought was funny. You can choose, say, hey, I got to go north or south. Should I do 405 or five? It doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they're, they're both going to be parking lots. I stay lost. I do know that because the roads turn. I'm heading north. No, now I'm heading east. Now it's gone back. I don't understand. Anyway, this has we're not here to talk. We're talking about, but we moved out pre-GPS when we planted out there 100 years ago. And so, you know, I'm doing the Thompson's Road Guide, you know, the thing realtors use to show you around properties. And I found that area very difficult to navigate. And this sounds funny and people are going to laugh at me that are listening. Until I figured out, okay, water's on one side, mountains on the other. So that kind of helps you a little bit. But they have so many trees. They have monster, beautiful evergreen trees everywhere. Yes, everywhere. So you have, it's very hard to get like a vantage. It's hard to see, yep. you know, right. very far. Right. Trees are huge. They're like in neighborhoods. They're 100 feet. This seems like it shouldn't be a thing. Like that tree's going to fall. <laughs> It's going to kill a lot, but who am I? If it was up to me, we'd cut them all down, blacktop it, but 
<laughs> you can edit right, that so, out later, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the things that uh, I wanted to hit on is, is you recently wrote in something, I don't know if it's yeah. a tweet or whatever, something I saw your name on. Yeah. And you were um, giving some interesting, thought-provoking ideas about pay and how mm-hmm. much we pay in ministry, especially entry-level positions, and how that has or has not changed over the last yeah. few years. But yeah. first, I want to set the stage. So yeah. just give me an idea. Yeah. In the last 15 years, how many different churches have you traveled to, talked to in either slingshot, leadership pathway, any of that stuff. It's got to be, I don't know, man. I am from Kentucky. We tend to exaggerate everything, right? It's got to be hundreds. Oh, yeah. I know I've interviewed 2,500. If you count, uh, I've done over 100 official searches now with Slingshot, and they probably average 20 interviews, 20 to 30. And then there's hundreds of leadership pathway things. The higher ed stuff I was involved with, it's, it's got to be 2,500 interviews about jobs from 20-year-olds to 50-year-olds trying to take their next step, and then hundreds of churches. I, you know, there was an era of my life, sort of like you, we were on planes all the time. It's been, it's been less and less of that. A lot of it, of course, is Zoom and phone calls and stuff these days. I, I don't have to be as out there as much. I probably should be if I wanted to work hard and not play with my grandson or ride my bike. I probably should be flying, but I'm not. And uh, but it's it's thousands of leaders and hundreds of churches for sure. So this perspective, I'm not, I always say I'm not Barna. There's Barna, there's Pew Research, there's smart people. I went to Bible college. I can't do math, but I have talked to a few thousand up close. So that's my research is just conversations and and things that I uh, come across. And, and then I blog and I can tell you on my personal blog, uh, uh, several dozen hits when a blog comes out and then i blogged once about music in church and it crashed a southern baptist facebook group there's like ten thousand hits on this thing and, and this last one and the title and we'll link to it below we'll link below in the show notes tim uh uh it was your staff should make more and it and i can tell it hit a nerve now i do think every pastor i've talked to agrees I had one really smart, good friend who won't be named, Troy. You know who you are, Troy, mm-hmm. in Kansas City. He's like, yeah, I don't know if I agree about that. But then I didn't fall. And so we'll have to have a long talk about it. But I'm just like, your staff should make more. And that's so that's what I called the, the post. And I need to get it rewritten and all the spelling corrections. But that it's based on, I'm going to say conservatively, 2,500 interviews. My own experience in 2,500 interviews. And okay, so put this in perspective. In in my world, mm-hmm. um, you know, I figured out the other day that I've I've been in a thousand boardrooms. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so like, I don't know a lot, of, but I do know church boardrooms. Yeah. And what I tell people all the time is when I come back and sit with a, a, a leadership team at a church mm-hmm. and say, What's your biggest rock in the garden you're dealing with right now? Mm-hmm. That it usually is going to be in one of three areas, personnel, facility, or finance. Mm-hmm. And personnel issues, everything from everybody playing in the sandbox and getting along and hiring, finding new ones and getting rid of somebody that needs to move, you know, facilities, the box always needs things. We're going to have different locations, whatever happens to be happening right now. 
yeah. finances, how do we pay for all this stuff, which yeah. just ties back to everything. Yeah. So on the personnel side, when you say we need to pay more, um, I one of the, I think we can all, if we're listening to this, we're going to run it through the grid of who we are, the kind of churches we go to where we're from. Right. So if you're at a nice Presbyterian church, your people probably pay, make decent income. I'm going to be, I'm being very general, right? Very. If you're at a church plant somewhere, you know, who knows? It can be all over this. So what I'm asking everybody listening is try to get outside of just your original lens yeah. and start to take a broader view. The most, the, the part that, of what you wrote that grabbed me the most, I thought was very interesting is in light of coming out of the pandemic, everything that we're dealing with, everybody and their brothers trying to find somebody to hire right now. Yes, There yes. was enough unemployment stuff that people were paid to stay home, at least yes. at some economic, economic yep. level. Yep. So everybody that I know that's a plumber or an HVAC person has a yep. hard time finding those, those helpers. Yes. Uh, the fast food, I went to a Taco Bell the other day and it had a sign saying we close at 7 I'm sorry, I'm sorry by the way. I'm sorry for that. I, I know, talking. I know. Well, it, it, so I go to Taco Bell. It, it says we close at 7 because of our staffing issues. Yes. I'm thinking the only time you go to Taco Bell is after 7. Yes. <laughs> That's the whole point. So I, I told you I was in, in New London, Minnesota and saw a Dairy Queen offering $14 an hour, which two years ago we would have not seen that sign. Nope. Uh, well, but, that's the, but, yeah. But, but you sobered me up because yeah. you said, okay, now we're competing entry-level ministry positions. College graduates are now competing with, you know, an entry-level Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And, and uh, let's not forget, it's, you know, Taco Bell and immediately uh, me and people my age and my, they're like, well, who'd want to work there? You know, but let's not forget great jobs like, uh, Trader Joe's, for example, is a great place to work. If you if you're a Trader Joe's and places like that, L, not just bottom of the barrel, entry level, uh, some elevated roles that you can walk into after dropping out of high school, and make fifteen to twenty dollars an hour starting, that are great places to work. Work thirty two hours there, and then a couple of nights Ubering or something for tips. You know, beyond the the rock bottom thing. And we're competing. Listen, I would say, by the way, we should probably stated this up front. This blog post is not the official uh, uh, views of Slingshot. So I never want to drag them into my, I would say it is the official view of Leadership Pathway because I want to be, I want to put the flag in the ground because it is, but, right. uh, but I wouldn't want to drag Stan and Monty into uh, my opinions on this stuff. But I'm always talking about uh, the six things I think we're all looking for. And so after I talk a few, I have a few hundred interviews. I'm like, why? Well, I, I sense there's a thing here. And then I put it on my own personal blog. And then I use that moving forward. So I don't have to say it again. But on that blog, we talk about uh, there's a geography. There's a town with an organization, a church I want to work at for someone, my boss on a team, the people I don't work for. And I, they don't work for me, but I got I got to get around with a challenge for with a challenge. That's the job. What are they asking me to do for a number? Those six things. And if you talk to 23 year olds that it's a different list, if, if it's, a, it's a different uh, prioritized list, but the same six talk to a 40 year old, same six things, but the priority is changing. Ah. So I would say money doesn't fix everything. And I would never ever want any pastor to hear 
well, I'll just pay everybody. I'll get everybody a 25% raise, get back to work. Nope. But it is one of six. It is one of six things. And so you still got to work at a place that you love. I would, I would work. I would, I would go here to church, even if I wasn't paid to be on staff. That's a, that's convicting. You still got to have a great relationship with the person you're working for on that team. The job fit, the challenge. I mean, there's 140 little details just on that point right there. Um, so these, and, and in a place. And so, man, we all, I mean, you did it too. We, when I was uh, 25, my kids were one and two, we went on an adventure to Vegas. And uh, seven years later, we were kind of thinking, you know, if we got back east of St. Louis, we'd be closer to our cousins, you know. So these trends in people's lives, and it's true in church and it's true in business. And yeah, church plant, like, like I've got a little startup and I've not personally taken a penny from it. So and you read, you read startup stories and these people that starve or work three jobs so they can do their startup before it takes, that's, that's totally acceptable in our culture. And so church startups, yeah, you're raising money. There's a whole bunch of your friends giving you a hundred bucks a month or something like that for three years while you get this thing viable. That's all totally cultural and totally normal. I think an aha for me has been in 95, I think these jobs were 40 to 80 grand okay. in June, 40 to 80. And here it is. What year is it? It's, it's been a while. And these jobs are 40 to 80 grand with a few exceptions, a very few exceptions. And sometimes I've heard of, I've heard of things higher than that at really broken, stuck, small denominational churches, which is why you, I don't know that you can pay much attention to all these studies. You read these studies and they get skewed high and low by stuck churches that tend to pay a lot, denominational church. And then also some of the best awesome churches that are advancing pay the worst they pay the okay worst. so which so here's yeah, so so a, so two things the the, okay. the the current thing coming out of pandemic we are now competing against entry-level jobs like never before and we at least got to think we got to understand that on a on a depressing monday when you're up against the world in your first ministry and you're 25 years old the thought that, dude, I could have my weekends and go make the same money and just check out at five o'clock every day and right. not not lay awake at night worrying about these kids or these elders or the we have to at least be mindful of that. And it and it is unique. And the other thing is the cultural phenomenon of senior senior levels uh, pay has dramatically risen. And the department head down level line people in our organization it hasn't i'm not saying it's wrong i don't want to debate it i'm not here to bash bash it you know i'm just saying it is and we are reflecting culture in this way and i and i'm beginning to think to myself why why are we doing this every pastor i talk to would say oh yeah we church is historically pay low but so then they want to know well, what are other churches paying so we compare ourselves there. And that is interesting. Like, so we compare ourselves there and I think we got to stop doing that. And then we also compare ourselves to teaching. 
what's a high school, what's a middle school teacher make in my town? That's what the youth pastor ought to make. I don't think so. I don't think, I think we got to get away from that. I think you got to start with what would I want my kid? If my kid was married to my daughter and had a kid in that town and they're paying that for rent and trying to make it, what would I want? What should they make? And they, and they're going to, okay, so, so, they're going to struggle, but, but what should they make? And that's a very different number. I, I think you've answered some of my questions in my head already. One was, we're not talking about every position. So when you talk about senior level, senior pastors, senior level, executive pastors, yep. that those, cause it's cause there are people listening and they'll say, well, man, I know X, Y, Z person and they make X, Y, and, and it's good. So all those other spots mm -hmm. that we're, we're talking about, uh, and I, I, I think I want to make sure that we're understanding that it is position specific. Is, have you noticed at all? Is it geographical? Is there a difference if I'm on the West Coast versus the South or the Mid-South? I think there are areas, this is less true today, right? There are areas that are cheaper to live. Right. You know, Grand Island, Nebraska. Right. right. We've been there. And we have been there. But it's it's not as cheap as it was 24 months ago in Grand Island, Nebraska, <laughs> uh, and places that you would look at and go, you know, that's not a great town. That's not a great town. But there's nothing to rent in that town, and what is there to rent? You're you're going to pay a lot more uh, than you should in that. So I think it I think it floats with the. Um, geography and i think what is entry level in that geography that's expensive like vancouver canada for example or up here or the bay area denver i mean you know and the coast used to be the outlier and it's and it's more the norm but i would just say it's just not enough it's just not enough and so can we do evangelism like there's a church in omaha nebraska in my Facebook feed every week, they're baptizing people, and I love that. Can we do it really well? Can we do discipleship? Can we take care of poor people really well? Can we be the kind of place we want to go to and invest in really well? And also be known, by the way, as a place that really pays well. And I think for a lot of us that were around in the 80s and 90s, and we saw televangelists look stupid and fall on their we, we just so We are so afraid of looking like that. And we've locked these salaries for 30 years. And now it has caught us in, in like, so when people say, what should I pay? More is my, more. You should pay more. You should go okay, give so everybody a 25% raise tonight. There was a story out. I forget the name of the C, uh, the company. He announced two years ago. Did you see this? It's on CBS. You can find it on YouTube. Minimum salary here is $70,000. And the team erupts in applause. Two years later, in 200, they've had 67 babies be born. It's a team of 200 people. And he's like a millennial CEO that, uh, you know, whatever. How many houses have been purchased and cars have been purchased and babies have been born? And they're interviewing these people. And it's an app. You know, I'm sure it's a highly profitable. It's not a church. <laughs> I'm sure he had the money right. to do it. And uh, they're just talking about their spouses being taken care of and some level of, some level of knowing that they can pay their bills. And I thought, wow. Right. What if a church was known as the kind of place that did that? Um, okay, so there's a there's a few places to go with this. Okay, um, I, I 
I mean, I, I'm sure there are some curmudgeons out there that sit on church boards and say, no, you know, we're going to keep you poor and humble. Uh, but most not. Most want. I don't know. No, I don't think say, so either. Yeah. Yeah. M- most not. So then it comes down to I have a conviction and I, I love you because you will tell me that I'm wrong. But uh-huh. I have a conviction uh-huh. that often in churches, they hire too many people and that causes them to pay mm-hmm. the ones they have less. Yeah. And that sometimes they view success by this is how many new hires we had when that may not be success at all. Right. And so if you what when Tim and I are traveling around the country and we sit down and talk finances, we'll say they'll ask how, how big of a percentage of our budget should go to salaries. And we'll, and the rule I give, if it's less than 45 percent, you're supposed to ask why. Mm-hmm. And if it's more than 55 percent, you're supposed to ask why right. there are no. exceptions to all that. Are you debt free? All those kind of things. But that it's somewhere you, you, that we don't make widgets. We're in the people business. Our staff is going to be the biggest nut that we have. Yeah. But sometimes I believe that church leaders look at problems and want to hire more bodies versus how about I hire really sharp ones, pay them really well, and they will recruit, yeah. train, mobilize. And I can't keep hiring people to do stuff. Am yeah. I all in left field or is that uh, one of I the culprits? Think, I think there's a there there. I uh, think I saw, I've seen things about this, right? In the, in the attendance to staff, uh, to staff ratio and, and paying few, fewer full-time people more versus adding in these part-time roles. And I do believe the 30 year trend it's, it's maybe it's less about pastoring. I'm speaking so generally here, man. I, <laughs> gosh, it, I was never allowed to pay a drummer. I was never allowed. We in a church of 2,500 in the night, you just didn't have uh, the kinds of kinds of week to week budgets for excellence. Like, like we have. And so, and I also would say, I'm glad there's no video of what we did. If there was video of what I did and then we, I wouldn't be on this podcast. I'd be driving a truck for a living. Trust me, but there's nothing wrong with driving a truck, but I wouldn't be an expert in church stuff because we weren't that good. I do think there's a, there's something to be said there. You taught me 15 years ago, 50, 25, 20, 50% on people, 25%, silly 25% ministry. And so I've been, I've told everybody this, like, well, my Phil says you should do it 50, 25, 25. It's been, it's like the 11th commandment or something. Don't get, don't get it that out of whack. And um, I don't know. Well, maybe we got to look at that. I don't know. I, I, every, inter- I've never had a candidate or a church leadership pathway or otherwise say to me, it's about the money. It's about the money. They all say it's not about the money, man. But can I live in San Francisco for $65,000? Right. It's not about the money. Can I live in Omaha, Nebraska for $42,000? And then I'll say stuff like, well, you know, you got to tie your belt. You got to put And in my mind, I'm like, well, I wouldn't. But yeah, you can't. But so I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know how, how do we adjust these things to make this work? How do we, because you run this out, you run this out for me now, once you get past three or four years with a church, they're calling back, hey, we, our tech director's left again. 
our youth, we need a youth pastor who left again. I had a great, this is a great church. Where did he, where'd your youth pastor, your youth pastor was killing it. Church of 700, got 70 kids showing up during COVID. And I was there and it was fun. And I'm thinking, this is a great boss in a great town at a great church, building a building right now. A great challenge. Just come in. Don't screw it up, man. This, this thing, Mike, what's your, I went to sell, uh, went to sell shoes at a retailer. Now at leader, the leadership pathway, part of this is the problem we are in love with is how do we help leaders get to seven or eight years of full, you know, residency begins the journey, but the problem we're trying to fix, I believe we need an infusion of people into the kingdom in these jobs that have been doing it seven or eight years. They're really worth a lot in their thirties. None of us are worth much at 22. Right. I don't care what you're doing. You're not, unless you're a quarterback, you're not much, you're not worth much at 22. Even if you're a professional baseball player, you're not worth, Tim will know this. We're going to send you somewhere to play in a cornfield. We'll see you in five years. Go get right. hundreds of it back. We develop people in baseball. We, de- we try to develop people in churches, and then they get to where they're worth something. Their wife is pregnant. They're tired of living in this. And they're going to buy, and they've got to go work at a sporting goods shop so they can pay their bills. And they'll make more money doing it now. Now they're going to make more money doing it. Lots of people, lots of friends, Phil, our age in the last 20 years. Lots lots of us wake up going, man, I'm tired of whatever, but where could I go make this kind of money? Right. Christian, Christian disciples, uh, salt of the earth, amazing people have that thought a lot. People we respect, me, you, all of our friends, people we would say would take a bullet for Jesus self-identify as a sold out, totally sold out follower of Christ, generous people. And a lot of us wake up a couple days a week going, yeah, I'm tired of man. What, what else would I, we don't allow a youth pastor. We never allow a worship or production guy to wake up at 31 and think, well, uh, this is a rough day. This has been a rough day, but I know I couldn't just, what am I going to do? Drive a school bus or I couldn't go reinvent myself. I've been at this a decade. I was educated for it. I've been at it a decade. Why would I go start over as a janitor? And yet, if you just look, where are the trends? Where are the, tr- the biggest trends that maybe if we had a hundred grand, we could hire Barna to go study for us because that's what they priced it at for me. But if we had, the, if, we had a, if there's a millionaire listening, I would love to do the study of where do people go? Because you look at how many grads are coming out of Liberty, Biola, Wheaton, Grand Canyon with ministry and sometimes advanced degrees. I've already got an MDiv and they haven't done anything. Uh, There are more than enough bodies to fill this thing, but where do they go in the first? It's like there's a leak in this pipe. Okay, okay, so I want to clarify. That's that's crystal to me. So- You, the the graduate level sharp kids coming out prepared to start the process in a few years they dissipate so the pipelines all the pipeline of church is always looking seems to always be needing yes. yet where do so they undoubtedly look at the profession once they get into it and realize you know i could use my skills and gifts in another way 
that would be better? I don't know, man. I don't think they do. If you're talking about 27, 20, 24 to 29, they're not thinking that at all. They're thinking I'm going to do something else with my life. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're looking at it going, well, you know, I'm naturally gifted as a whatever, my Enneagram and my strength finders, and I bet I could deploy into something else. They're, they're just getting out. If we compared, by the way, the successful ones, what they go and do after, you know, creative agencies, you know, a lot go double their salary. They, they're making 50 at a great church. And then the, the worship pastor that 10 years ago started a creative ad agency on the other side of town, hires this person and incentivizes them to go talk in, to, to go sell contracts. Right. And now it's a different, they'll never come back. Hey, circle back to the six things you rattle off. Yeah. And you said, you know, if you're yeah. 50, you got the same six, but they're in a different order. Well, and if you're 23, three, you got the same six, but they're in a different order. Right. If you were going to generalize, what yeah. order would they be? Well, uh, because it's America, money's, uh, whether they'll admit it or not, it's too high okay. in, in their 20s. But because their parents are telling them the same thing I told my kids. <laughs> get a job and get off my cell plan. But uh, we, we try to coach them that, that who they're working for is super important. And is there a plan to develop them versus just use them? But the boss on a team at an organization, the challenge of the job, uh, uh, the, the salary number in a place like, like right now, Right now is the big quit, right? Is going on. You just, if you just, if you don't know, if you have not watched the news for six months or read anything, just Google search jobs in America. And right now, the great resignation or the big quit is what people are calling it. Everyone's changing from the, from the C suite at the Fortune 50 companies down to, uh, you know, the lowest. Everybody's quitting. Everybody's quitting. And it's just, it's really just now beginning. The, the trend this is getting worse going to be it's gonna be bad for a year they're saying and uh so the so when i get on the phone right now with a candidate and they'll they'll use words like feel well i just feel the holy spirit is leading i just feel the lord is and it takes them 30 minutes and i have to keep asking in nice ways like tell me what the lord is using in your life to make you feel this way and then i hear well we got a new executive pastor we hired Satan. We hired Satan, the executive. Michael, like, well, I said, well, hey, let me let you off the hook. Do you know the number one reason why people leave jobs? They get a new boss. The organization was great. I love this organization. The challenge, what I was doing, I love. It was paying me. And, you know, there's of the six, and the number one reason I hear people leaving is they get a new boss. And this is true at Google and Tesla. And it's true at First Church of that town in the Midwest, you know, and you get a new boss and suddenly it, neither one have to be wrong. They just don't jive. So you need a different boss. As the, as we age, I think once the kids are born, once the kids are born and, and we've, if we want to get back towards the farm or we want to get back to where grandparents or cousins are, location seems to come up the come up the priorityized level when you get into 30 something years old and 40 something years old. I've had candidates say, I just feel the Lord's leading us to be within two hours of Cincinnati. 
And, you know, 20 minutes later, he's telling me, well, this kid's got a rare disease. And the okay, but see, I, I think that is generational because I, I use this story that when, when Georgia and I were in Kentucky, we had planted in Kentucky, and then I get uh-huh. to call an opportunity mm-hmm. to go to Seattle. Yeah. I'd never been within a thousand miles of Seattle. Right. And we looked at it, and, and our, our first child was eight months old. So, yeah. and we were living very near grandparents, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we looked at opportunity. That was all we saw. Now it seems like people only want to be called to, to nice weather on the beach. I mean, it's. Yeah, I, but I'll tell you, Phil, here's, here's what I would say. Here's what I, we've got to, you guys like us, guys like us, I'm me and you and all of our friends. <laughs> We got to get over this. Well, I walked up hill both ways. You know, when I walked up hills both ways, as you did, I could not open a thing called a laptop ah. and look at what else is going on in the world. True. I didn't have True. HD video in my phone, in my, I could right. see. And so it is a different world. We created it, by the way. We created right. this world. <laughs> I, I agree. And so I would also tell you, I was talking, you know, he, this this uh, this amazing church. He talked about his youth pastor. I want him to be relevant. I'm like, okay. Well, you know what? Being relevant costs money. You want me to know the the shows on Netflix, Hulu, HBO, so I can when I'm preaching, I'm not using an illustration that Gene gave me about the show Cheers in 1997. And we all know, dude. We know this is a fact. All right. You want me to know what's relevant and buy tickets to shows and not dress like I came out in 19. 19- 94 uh you want me to be relevant oh relevant costs money it didn't cost money in 1995 to be relevant phil it was free that's interesting there was frishes there was denny's (laughs) taco bell you're still going there uh you know and there was free there was free entertainment and movies were like they what they paid you to go to a movie in 1995 i did i don't know i i so I think the walk up the hill both ways. The school of hard knocks was good for me. Well, here's the deal. The guys you graduated from college with, the school of hard knocks, how'd that go for them? The guys I graduated, the girls I graduated with, the people that started in ministry, how'd it go? Where were they 10 years later, 15 years later? Right. School of hard knocks, the attrition at the school of hard knocks is almost, almost as bad as Christian universities and seminary. Not quite, but almost. The people that begin, they rarely, the school of hard knocks is brutal. Another, as that's what leadership pathway, we let's start in a place that has a developmental plan for you versus that just has a job and there's a huge difference. And, but I would just say this idea that it's the same, it's not the same. It is not the same. We're okay, also, so I circle. also, I want everybody on your podcast to know, like, man, these are, I love, if you, and I start the, I start this blog post this way. If you've been around me, you know, I love the church. My story is I grew up at a great, great church. And my youth pastor challenged me to be in ministry. A music minister gave me a shot to play some bad music. I, my story, my dad was elder chairman of everything. And my mom cooked it and cleaned it and was there. We were there four nights a week. I've seen people do amazing things at churches. My personal, my children, I, you know, my wife, we've all, you chase everything good in my life back. It's about the local church. My story is not, I grew up in a church and then I had a decade of fun. And we all know what that means, which got me a book deal and a dramatic 
a dramatic come to Jesus. No, 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 no. I, ne I, ne I never did that. I love these places. I want these places to win. And we are talking about one specific issue out of, I think, six, and they're all equally as important. This one seems like the easiest one to fix to me of the other six, of the other five. Right. This is the easiest one to fix. But we apparently just won't. And then those of us in the, uh, we, we don't call it headhunting, right? But it is. These cycles of just people moving around and 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 um, churches starting over, they start over. They let someone with seven years of institutional professional knowledge waltz out the door, and really, in a business sense, leave the industry. If there are people right there that just cringe, but the leaders, the church leadership world, the knowledge right about the time we're worth something, we quit, we quit, we lose them. Okay, well, let's come back to this. Come back to this before we run out of time. Yeah. You're sitting, because you do this, you're sitting with a church yep. and they're saying, hey, Dave, we need to find this person mm -hmm. and these are the qualities we mm -hmm. want. Mm -hmm. And we want to pay them this and you know that is way too low to get the quality they want yeah how what do you say and how do they look at it to determine what the real number should be churches look at the market and so the new thought for me this is not i know this is brain dead but i was like we should stop doing that <laughs> we let's stop doing that if losing baseball teams looked at other losing baseball teams, how do we do, how do we do this? That team has finished in the cellar 15 straight years. How do they do it? No, we would never do that. We got to stop looking at the market and we got to stop comparing ourselves to public school systems. You might be a teacher. I love you teachers. We love teachers. We love print. We love, please keep being salt and light, but we got to stop comparing ourselves to that. Because would anyone in any town march on the Capitol and say, thank you for the salary? You ever seen that march? Whether you watch Fox or MSNBC, have you ever seen a march? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We make money. Yes, we do. Never. You've never seen it. You've never seen it. And we compare ourselves to that. Why do we? I don't know why we do that. Let's compare ourselves to creative agencies with more than 10 employees that are doing great work because these, these agencies, they're, they're leading clients, they're selling things, it's complex, it's not, I would compare to that and, and that would be a convicting conversation. You got to stop, so, so stop, stop looking at the market, throw away the Vanderbloman studies, throw away the leadership network studies, sorry if they sponsor your podcast, you can edit that too. Throw away the studies, stop comparing to schools, and stop saying things now that you're an old 50-year-old like me. Well, it was good enough for me. I walked up. We got to stop saying that. It's a different world. It's a world we created. So uh, if I'm listening to this and I would like to know more about what you're doing at Leadership Pathway and all things Dave Miller, where would I go? LeadershipPathway.org. You can, you can link down slash generosity takes you to this pdf we 
we've got these 20 core things that we coach through with young leaders who are beginning. And so we got a little ebook about a case study on the top five that we find over and over, like helping them be teachable and managing details and taking initiative and things. That's where we kind of are embedded in our coaching. So there's a PDF there, I think is interesting read. Um, but yeah, it's leadershippathway.org. I'll also, I sh- I'll, I'll put a link there or in the show notes to this blog post that we're talking about okay. on this, um, specifically on pay, on pay. It's a very separate issue I'm not saying pay your residents a lot. Residents don't get paid very much in medical professions or in church world. So there's a very separate issue from the passion of leadership pathway, but it is linked. It is linked. The Seth Godin says, stay in love with the problem you're trying to solve. You know, last year through everybody's pivoting, every, every, every company's pivoting, right? trying to keep the door but don't forget the problem you're trying to stay in love with that problem the problem i'm in love with is how do we get people the the purple unicorns that are 29 to 32 years of age with seven or eight years of full-time ministry experience how do we grow that club growing that club answers so much of the stuff that we're up against because those are the leaders we need the next 10 years of that person's life makes the first 10 years look silly because they can take the hit. So that's the problem I'm in love with. First couple of steps, I believe are residency. I believe I, until someone proves me wrong, I still am just, I just know it gets people in a different mindset to be at a place with a developmental plan be coached from day one. How do we get there from here? So leadershippathway.org slash generosity for this for this crowd brilliant as always nephew dave dave miller leadership pathway slingshot group all things extraordinaire i've known dave forever i do not bring folks on to talk about stuff they do not know anything about aaron rogers from green bay packers would be upset if you've been watching the news (laughs) says don't give platforms to people that don't know what they're talking about Uh, So this is Phil Ling. I'm the host. This is the Giving Leader Podcast. Share it with your friends. You can check out us at thegivingchurch.com, givingchurch.com, and find out more about what we do. But until next time, thanks for being with us.